All things theology, all things theology. We chop it up properly without an apology. Gotta get that theology to God, hallowed because this is how we do it at All Things Theology. Well, grace and peace, grace and peace, saints. Welcome back to another episode of All Things Theology. This is your host, K Dub, and today, yes, we're gonna be talking about. Old Jesse Duplantis. Some of you may have heard of Old Jesse, but if not, this will be your first introduction to that. Before we get into that, man, it has been a busy couple weeks. I feel like it's been a while. Maybe it hasn't been, but I say it's feel like it's been a while since I've gone live. And so hope you guys enjoy today's. I, I spent last week in Alabama. Alabama. So I've been to Alabama before. First time I was in northern Alabama. Uh, I like I like Northern Alabama because it's very similar to North Texas. But I went to Southern Alabama. Let me just say it is totally different from Northern Alabama to Southern Alabama. It was kind of wild. It was kind of wild. But speaking of wild trips we're going to be talking about jesse to duplantis supposedly going to this trip to heaven and guys it is one of the most wildest bizarre trips you'll ever hear about much wilder than going to southern alabama that's for sure (laughs) that is for sure pay attention to some of the contradictions the theological errors when we get into this etc etc but i first want to start off reading a passage of scripture that is relevant in my opinion right in my opinion (laughs) i believe this is very relevant uh let's check this out second corinthians uh, chapter 12 verses 1 through 10 um (laughs) check this out it says Right. If I must boast, if I must go on boasting. So Paul is defending his apostolic ministry here in uh, 2 Corinthians 12, really throughout the letter. And one of the things that the Apostle Paul is, you'll see, is the humility that comes out. That's very important in the comparison. Right. Uh, He says, though there is nothing to be gained by it, I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. Paul really didn't want to do this. There's a hesitancy on his, his on his behalf to even discuss this, right? Um, verse 2, he says, I know a man in Christ, but, but even in then, right? <laughs> we know this is a Paul, right? Because he's defending his ministry. But even then, he's very, he doesn't even want to, like, draw attention to himself, right? He doesn't want to draw attention to himself. But let's go on. He says, I know a man in Christ who... Uh, 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven, right? The highest heavens, right? Heavens. When we think about heaven, it's generally what you think about is heaven, right? He says, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I want you to pay attention to that phrase, uh, you know, because that'll be that'll become relevant. <laughs> but listen, he says, and he heard things that cannot be told. Notice Paul's. Uh, posture in telling this trip to heaven was not to go and tell everything he witnessed right notice the humility right he says he heard things that he cannot be told cannot be told which man may not utter so notice the humility of paul 
I can't even recount the things that I witness in heaven. Right. It is, it's 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 too lofty. Right. And I think there's a, a, a great benefit to the Bible not going on in fanciful stories about all the things that are in heaven. Right. Because man, we, we know man's nature. We would be more inclined to uh, be fascinated with those things. But notice the posture of the Apostle Paul doesn't want to share these things. Right. Um. On behalf of this man, I will boast. Look, I love the humility there, right? On behalf of this man, I will boast. But on my own behalf, I will not boast, except in my weakness. Though if I wish to boast, I, should not, I would not be a fool, for I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain from it, so that no one may think more of me than he sees in me or hears from me. So he, Paul tells on himself a little bit right there, right? <laughs> he tells on himself a little Um He's not going to boast in this, right? He says, uh, yeah, yeah. So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh. And we can debate on what that thorn is. Um, nevertheless, there was a thorn given to the Apostle Paul to keep him from being conceited. We're going to see later there is no thorn given to uh, Jesse to plan is to keep him from being silent or even conceited for that matter. Right. Three things I pleaded with the Lord about this, that I should lead, that it should lead me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. Very good. Very good theology. The opposite of the prosperity gospel. Right. <laughs> um, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses. I will. I am content with weaknesses, insult, hardship, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Again, this is, <laughs> this is the butchering of uh, the uh, prosperity gospel, which much of this letter clearly refutes. Um, but 35 years ago, 1988 is the year. Jesse Duplantis, Jesse Duplantis is... I, I, guys, I'm, I'm struggling to even use the language because he's transported spaceship shuttled into heaven. Guys, if you think I'm joking, stick around, stick around. Right. He is space lifted in, in some type of shuttle. And he goes to heaven. Yes, Adrian. Uh, so the reason why I even brought this story up is because he is continually going on channels like Daystar, TBN. And he's giving retelling the story. And you know what? I didn't even listen to the um, Daystar version. I was like, let me go find. I knew there was a, a older version. I was like, let me let me um, go find the older version because I had heard there was a uh, older versions. And I was like, I'll, I'll listen to that. But I am quite sure, just like all the trip to heaven stories, if you actually listen to what they're saying, they contradict later stories, and it's. Much addition from when they said, no, this is all that happened and subtraction. And it's it's it is mind boggling the uh, contradictions in their own story. But we're, we're not only going to see contradictions. We're going to see clear, clear theological error and heresy. I mean, guys, that's not even going to be a question. But I want to start off with this clip because this is a pre trip to heaven story. Um, <laughs> this is one of Jesse's first visions, I believe, 
he uh, recounts. So let's check this out. Well, at nine years old, I never forget it. I was not afraid of God. I had my first vision of the Lord. I came, we lived in a mobile home, and uh, I just went back to my bed to go to bed. And I saw a man come up to me, point blank, blunt. And it, was, and it was like a vision. He was in the sky, and it was thundering and lightning. And he said, fear God, boy. Fear God. I thought, man, I got scared. I ran back to my mom. I said, I saw this guy, and he told me to fear God. And, I, you know, you, you figured my mama would say, okay. She said, you're heathen, son. You need, you got to fear God. I didn't understand God. I was scared of God. But yet I, would not, I sensed his spirit around me at all times. I mean, as a small child, I would know it. I could feel and sense the presence of God. And what would happen, what I did not know until I was a man was, I have an older brother and a younger brother, and I'm the middle son. I also have a sister. But my mom came in there after we got, she got saved, and she said, Lord, I want a preacher. Now I was in the middle. There was three of us in the room, you understand? Which one's going to be my preacher? And, and the Lord said, Jesse. And my mom said, no, I can't be Jesse. <laughs> Not Jesse, man. He's a heathen. Man, he's a heathen man. And she laid hands on me while I was asleep. Now, I don't know this. I don't even remember it. She told me later on after I got saved. And said, God, I ask you to call, uh, you calling this boy. He may not realize it, but Lord, wherever he goes, follow him. And God honored his word to my mom. I couldn't go nowhere. I'd be smoking dope, snorting cocaine, man. And I could hear God. Hey. And I'd look at my drum. Did you hear that? I ain't heard nothing. I said, man, God's in here. Whoa, man. You know? And people thought we were just bad tripping, but what it was was the Spirit of God honoring Mom's voice wherever I would go. Boy, ain't no way, boy. Boy, ain't no way, boy. So here he is smoking dope, and he kind of gets a theophany from God, right? Um, you know, there are a lot of drug addicts who have some of these stories as well. So it just, I, I don't know what it is with people who um, do drugs, always seeing some kind of vision from God, but... Very interesting, right? Very interesting. Yes, yes, yes. This is at Lakewood Church. Stick around for this. Uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But uh, yes, this is one of his first uh, theophanies, right? He he. It, it's weird because you know I think of people who like Abra uh, Abraham, right? He got a theophany. He saw the Lord, and what did he do? He began to follow God. But he continues. I mean, even go watch his full sermon. He continues to talk about him. You know, he, he gets a theophany, God appears to him, and he continues in rebellion. Like, <laughs> very strange. Uh, he's not following God, self-admittedly. Um, self-admittedly. But let's start to get into this vision. Let's get into this vision of, uh, yeah, psychedelics. That's right. <laughs> you know, I just think of, like, many people who take mushrooms have similar encounters. Um very strange. You know, his buddy next to him was all high. It just, it's so strange. No conviction after meeting the holy God of heaven. But anyways, anyways, let's get into this vision of, of Jesse. So his vision, we got to put, well, doesn't, he, he doesn't even say it's a vision. It seems to be a, well, it's actually very confusing on that part. So we'll stick around. So let's get into when God shows up to Jesse's Duplantis' uh, room. 
and it began to become real frequent. So I began to call upon the Lord to see him. And I got a little angry at God. I said, look, you showed yourself to Peter. You showed yourself to Paul. Why don't you come see me? What's wrong? I mean, you know, you said you're no respect a person. Hold on a second. Um, it's probably why you should watch the video because I've already explained that this was in 1988. I said the reason why I'm even covering this video is because he's been going around talking about this. So I'm not talking about like this is recent. <laughs> so might want to pay attention. And it began to become real frequent. So I began to call upon the Lord to see him. And I got a little angry at God. I said, look, you showed yourself to Peter. You showed yourself to Paul. Why don't you come see me? What's wrong? I mean, you know, you said you're no respect a person, but it looks like you are. <laughs> now, of course, I was a baby Christian. I ain't had a lick of sense, had my pampers on, you know. <laughs> I was praying wrong, but, you know, God understands those things. So in the <laughs> middle of a meeting, I was called out one time, and my wife was with me. He said, I don't know who you are, sir, but you've been asking to see the Lord. I said to myself, come on, partner, come on. <laughs> he said, the Lord is coming to see you. you he'll, he'll come to your home at night. He said, you, he called my wife my maid. He said, your maid, you will be sleeping with your maid. She will not awaken. That, that's probably what you knew this guy was about to tell you something false. <laughs> he thought that your wife was your maid. But I don't know. I, we'll, we'll keep going. She will not hear, but the Lord will come to see you. And I thought, my God, man, okay. So I stayed up all night that night, and nothing happened. <laughs> I stayed up three or four days, and nothing happened. Two weeks passed by, and nothing happened. And I was so aggravated and vexed, I said, that guy missed it good to you, wouldn't think. You know, they ought to burn him like they did them prophets that missed it in the Old Testament. <laughs> well, they didn't burn him, they stoned him. So we're, we're going to see more theological, way, way worse than that, you know, then he just gets completely wrong. I'm just like, what Bible are you reading, sir? But yeah, they didn't burn them. Uh, they, they did stone, you know, for prophets who missed it. But anyways, Deuteronomy 18. I mean, I was just irritated. That night I went, Kathy always goes to bed usually earlier than I do. It was about 12 o'clock. I went to bed and I got a habit of sleeping on my stomach, you know, instead of my back, I was just sleeping on my stomach. And I looked, and I fell off to sleep. And at 3 o'clock in the morning, I just opened my eyes. I mean, bang, I'm wide awake. And wind began to blow into my room. And wind, I'm talking wind, physical wind, ladies and gentlemen. First thing you think of, a tornado, hurricane, some wind began to blow through my skin. And, my, just blow, and the curtains came up over and on top the rods, blowing up. And I'm on my stomach, and I lost all strength. I'm like, ah. Oh. And I can see this wind blowing. What is happening? And I heard this voice ask me, you asked to see me, turn around. And I went, no, I'm not turning. <laughs> no. I heard that physically with these audible ears. So he heard God physically, audibly. Um, you know, but so God, it's funny in his story, God gives him what he wants, and he's terrified, right? But uh, we're, we're going to see how this story expounds, right? So that's when God first showed up to Jesse Duplantis. But the story gets a little more bizarre as um, God reveals to him certain things. So let's keep listening. I said, Lord, what? what? And I Can you imagine being annoyed by God? <laughs> God's what? Very interesting, huh? Very interesting. Let's let's keep it going. I was sucked out of my room. I heard this, 
And I went, huh! I just, huh! Now, I don't know whether I was in my body or out of my body. I believe I was in my body. I was sucked. Now, didn't that sound familiar? Now, you're going to see these stories he tells he, like, to gain credibility. They match the Apostle Paul's story to a T. But then there's going to be some, some parts of the story where um, it's, it's completely different and it contradicts the Bible. And Paul didn't actually tell what he saw in heaven, right? He was like, no man can share these things. But Jesse Duplantis has no problem make, uh, sorry, I was going to say make a money, but <laughs> he has no problem sharing these things and what he witnessed, etc. cetera. Uh, but hey guys, if you think this part is the more strange if you think this part is the strange part, you haven't seen nothing. You know, Jesse is just up there telling. Just you know, he's just telling his imagination. Um, <laughs> I like this. <laughs> Says, uh, I've been watching you too much and I've been going around trolling my husband. Very interesting. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's funny what you guys hear. When I talk, because some people say I always say right a lot, <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't, hey, I can't help it. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, very interesting, right? Very interesting. I need a sound clip of that, right? But yeah, so he got sucked out of heaven. Oh, wait, we're not done with this clip. Story gets a little more bizarre. Sucked out of heaven, and let's hear. I, went, I just went through. I just, whoo, I went, wow. And I realized I was moving at a phenomenal rate of speed. And I'm in this vehicle looking thing. It looked like a ski lift, not that you, it's not a ski lift, a, a cable car, you understand? Not something that you can hang your feet off of, an enclosure. And I'm traveling and I turned around and when I looked up, it was that same blonde headed angel. Yeah, we all know angels have uh, blonde hair uh right but anyways besides that part so he he gets in the, he gets sucked into heaven through some kind of i don't even know vehicular mechanism that darts him into heaven because that's totally in the bible some jetson right some i mean this would have the jetson was the jetsons would have loved to see this right um yeah he just got darted into heaven on some kind of merry-go-round I don't, I don't even know he doesn't know what to call it I, we don't know what to call it we don't, but yeah um again the apostle paul visions things i saw too worthy for man to repeat jesse let me tell you everything i saw all right <laughs> just a just a, a, an amazing dichotomy between the two uh people that had told me and i went hey <laughs> and he smiled at me he said, you have an appointment with the Lord God, Jehovah. So you have appointment with the Lord God, Jehovah. Um, very interesting, right? <laughs> very interesting that, you know, so, so the reason why I played the first clip, because they're, they're, the angel that I guess would appear to him when, throughout his childhood is the same angel that appeared to him saying, hey, you're going to meet God, right? You're going to meet God. You got an appointment with Jehovah. Um, yeah, the angel called Jehovah, according to Jesse. <laughs> um, <laughs> this, this is, guys, I'm laughing because I know what comes next. Uh, I'm laughing because I know what comes next. So, 
Jesse gets to heaven, I guess. Um, yeah, let's hear it. These contraptions were bringing people and these angels were coming out and assigning people. And I noticed that I was in my clothes. I was in the clothes that I had on. But these people that were coming out of these machines looking, I call it a machine looking thing, some had robes of righteousness, beautiful, glorious, and they got out and ran, just took off running straight to that city, man. In that now listen to this, because this part is, uh, this part is interesting. There's some that got out, they didn't have a robe on, they had like, like a gown on. And they would head for that throne. Everybody wants to get to the throne. Everywhere you look, you can see that throne. I mean, it just, it's just everywhere. You can see it, it's high. And you, I saw him, and all of a sudden, they'd get out of the line, the people with the gowns, and they, they'd walk over. And they'd go and eat those trees. It, it was eating, looked like fruit. And, and they would take the leaves and do this. And I asked that angel, I said, what is that? I said, those people can't go to the throne of God? He said, yes, the great God Jehovah is merciful. I said, but in my theological mind, to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. But that's true. Yeah, that's what the Bible says. It's, it's, but anyways. The, the minute you walk over to that other side. But you see, ladies and gentlemen, some people don't live for God the way they should. But All right, listen to this. I, I, I want you guys to catch this because this, this is actually a, a, a theological blunder. This is real bad. Ladies and gentlemen, some people don't live for God the way they should. But you see, God's merciful. He still helps them and touches them. But they look different. They got to be taught. If you don't learn it here... You are going to learn it there. Now, I'm telling you, and he was, these gowns are beautiful. And when I got back to the earth, I began to research it and I found out that God gives us a robe of righteousness and a gown of salvation. There's a difference. And some people don't live close to God, but yet they know Jesus in their life. They could do so much better. They're going to go to the throne, but it takes time for them. Everybody's trying to get to that throne. Now, if you listen to what he was saying is if, you know, you love Jesus, but, you know, you, you wasn't really holy. You didn't really live a good Christian life. You just get a gown and you're you're not allowed immediately to the throne of God. You're not really allowed, allowed to the to the gates, because remember, these people, these if you listen to what he says, they get outside the gate and, you know, they got to they, they got to sniff the leaves um, very interesting. Um, but they have a gown of salvation, but they don't have a robe of righteousness. Let me share this verse because it's my view that these are not that, uh, you, you receive both, uh, essentially is what I'm going to say. Uh, so let's, let's check this out. Let's check this out. It says Isaiah 61 10. It says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exult in my God for he have clothed me with garments of salvation. Uh, if you look at the Hebrew, I don't have a uh, ticket to the Hebrew uh, clip, <laughs> but that is referring to, uh, you know, this also this uh, this clothing we have. I think that's what he's trying to quote. I think some versions from some versions also do say gown of salvation. I, I looked that up and this is the only verse that that came up. It says, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has wrapped me with robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with a garland, uh, or as, a, as a bridegroom decks himself like a priest with a beautiful headdress, and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. It is my estimation 
that you don't have salvation apart from righteousness, the righteousness of Christ. So it's so Jesse makes it seem like God can give you salvation without the robe of righteousness. It's just very bizarre kind of thing. I mean, if you look at this text, you're you're receiving both, not one of the other, right? Even um, Zechariah 3, 4 says, The angel said to those who were standing before him, Remove the filthy garments from him. And to him he said, Behold, I have taken your iniquity away from you, and I will clothe you with pure vestments. These vestments refer to the clothing that God gives, these robes even, the garments um, that God gives to his saints. Not, again, the, the, the theological blunders he makes here are fascinating, and I don't mean that in a good way. It's one of those very interesting type moments, right? Um, but it gets worse because he goes on to, ah, uh, just, I'll just play this. I'll just play this. I'm in this line. He said, oh, 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 wait, wait, before I get to that, there's one thing I want to respond to as well. There's some kind of segregation in heaven going on in Jesse Duplantis, uh, theological framework where you got some people allowed to be to the throne and then some people that aren't. Um, I mean, you look at texts like Revelation 5, there's, I mean, all of heaven, um, the, the saints are there worshiping God. So I, I don't know where he's getting this, this the, theological, uh, this segregation coming in. I mean, even to be outside of the gate of heaven is not a good thing. <laughs> we'll get to that later. But, um, let's check this out because I mean, he just miss misquotes verses, misunderstands them like this verse here. I'm in this line. He said, we must take you to the city. You have an appointment. But I want to talk to Abraham more, you know, because my favorite scripture in the Bible, favorite scriptures, he called it those things that be not as though they were. I want to talk to him about Romans 4, 17. I want to consider not staggering out and fully persuaded. I, I realized I just wanted to talk to him. You want to stay a million years in one place just to look. I hadn't got to the city yet. And I hadn't got to the throne. I'm still going toward that. You see, ladies and gentlemen, if you've had a, a lost loved one that's died and went home to be with Jesus, it happened two years ago, they hadn't even got to the gate yet. Because a thousand years is in one day with the Lord. You equate two years, that's about a second and a half on a thousand. They still, like, they just come out that machine going, wow, look at this place. Now I want to replay this because this is uh, interesting. Let's check this out again. I'm in this line. He said, we must take you to the city. You have an appointment. But I want to talk to Abraham more, you know. So he has an appointment with God, right, with Jesus. And he's more interested. And all throughout this vision, this <laughs> heavenly trip, I guess, he's going to be more interested with everything but Jesus. Right here, he's supposed to be going to meet Jesus. But he's like, I want to stay with Abraham. <laughs> Very interesting, right? Like, I'd be like, let, let, let's get there. Let's get to Jesus. But uh, very interesting. Let's keep going. Because my favorite scripture in the Bible, favorite scriptures, he called it those things that be not as though they were. I wanted to talk to him about Romans 4, 17. Now, Romans 4, 17 is the um, epitome of, I remember being in uh, Word of Faith circles, and this verse was, was uh, 
used by so many of the theologians and pastors and church members to say we could we can call things that are not right because abraham did it right wrong um <laughs> right let's uh, go to romans 4 17 it was not abraham who's calling things that are that are not listen it says as it is written i have made you the father of many nations yeah that is speaking about abraham in the presence of the god in whom he believed so the, 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 the context is about God in whom Abraham believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. This, this, this passage is actually about God, how he can create uh, a nation that does not exist. He can bring faith in a person that does not exist. It's not saying, hey, if you want a big house, you know, that doesn't exist, you just have to have faith. Although that's how they use this verse. Right. And so, um, very interesting, right? That they just completely muddles this verse the way they do. But uh, hold on, let's let's continue. I want to consider not staggering, not fully persuaded. I, I realize I just wanted to talk to him. You want to stay a million years in one place just to look? I hadn't got to the city yet, and I hadn't. It is my estimation. That the city is heaven. The heaven is the city. It is the you know the new heaven, new new Jerusalem, new heavens, new earth. That is the city. But notice where he says he, he's going to be out. And hold on, well, listen to this. To the throne, I'm still going toward that. You see, ladies and gentlemen, if you've had a, a lost loved one that's died and went home to be with Jesus. It happened two years ago. They hadn't even got to the gate yet. So. <laughs> He doesn't actually realize what he's telling these people. And, and, and these people, I don't, I mean, you're going to see later how they, they don't seem to know the Bible well enough to say, wait a second. You know, they, they're, they're not saying things like this. Um, wait a minute. Who are you? If they are outside of the gate, they are not going to heaven. And we'll, 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 we'll make this point later because the Bible says outside of the gate are the, the, the unbelievers, the cowardly, the dogs, right? Speaking of that which is filthy, the unclean. So they're not the ones that are going to be allowed in the gate. Well, they just got to take time. It takes a years, a millions of years, one million years, like, like a second and one second. It's like, no, that, none of that is what is being talked about when they, they talk about they're outside of the gate. To be outside of the gate of heaven is to be an enemy of the king. I mean, <laughs> you don't want to be outside of the gate. So he's talking about all your loved ones are going to be outside the gate. <laughs> now, I know he, I know he's saying it's going to t take them, you know, time to get there. But biblically, he would literally be calling them an enemy of God. Right. An enemy of God. Um, Wait a minute. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Who are you? You got to play it twice. It's so nice. Because a thousand years is in one day with the Lord. You equate two years. That's about a second and a half. On a thousand, they still like, they just come out that machine going, wow, look at this. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? What is he talking about? More, more, you know, so be careful of people who are more caught up in their dreams, their prophecies, than what the scripture plainly says, right? Be, be mindful and careful of those types of people. Um... I, so I have these titles. I wish you guys could see my titles of my uh, clicks, my uh, clips. And I just have this 
titled what? <laughs> so I don't even remember what this is about right now. So let's, let's see what this is. And I understand this scripture, suffer, not the, suffer the children to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of God. And I saw a glorious light coming. And I looked at Abraham. He said, that's him. It's Jesus. And the angel said, come on, come on. He started moving me toward this. And I can't tell you all the whole story. It's all on taste. But anyway, as I walked toward that, I got by that jasper wall. And that, that interested me because I've studied Revelation. I wanted to see that foundation. I said, wait, stop, stop. I want, I want to see those, the names of the apostles. Hang on a second. And I saw Peter. It, it was, I mean, I looked at the first one, and I saw Peter. And it, 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 was, it was just Peter. And the first thing I thought next would be John, but it wasn't. It said Peter, Paul, James, John, on them stones, on that foundation. And the angel said, come on, come on. So let, let, let me get this straight. Jesus is coming to you, right? Full of glory, just bright, shining glory, right? And you're like, oh, yes. And you see a Jasper wall to the side. You're like, hold on, wait a second. <laughs> wait, what? No, 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 no. Oh, what? Why you always lying? What what would catch your eye more than the glorious resurrected Christ? Jesse Duplantis is like the the wall. The the, the <laughs> how does this wall catch your eye more? And then the angels like, come on, you're like, wait, 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 wait a second, wait a second. Wow, wow. I mean, you know. <laughs> I, I, there's this quote by Augustine that I like. Um, he says, God created a hell for those who are not satisfied with what all the scripture says, right? <laughs> Essentially saying, look, if the Bible's not good enough for you, there's nothing else that will do it for you as well. And so you can clearly see Jesse Duplantis. This is a made up story, just in case you're wondering what I really think, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jello Mountain, according to Cat Kerr, but Cat Kerr, yeah. How would you be more? How would your eyes even gaze at something else when you see the glorified, resurrected Christ coming at you? You're like, hold on, a ruby, <laughs> right? Uh, like, oh, I, I, I don't know. My mind even like struggles to like understand this. But anyways, well, lo and behold, lo and behold. Jesse finally meets uh, Jesus in his uh, story because, by the way, in 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 heaven, don't don't know you if you know this, but Jesus isn't the first person you meet. You meet a whole bunch of people before you meet Jesus. You meet Abraham. He says Abraham is the first person you meet. Then, if you had children who died, uh, you'll meet them. So many people you will meet before Jesus. He's kind of like the last one you'll meet. But let's hear this. Jesus is between 5'11 and about 6 foot 1. I said, more close. What? Than I thought he was. Bro, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> so Jesus is 5'11 to 6 foot 1, according to uh, Jesse Duplantis. Uh, <laughs> I mean, okay. I mean, just very interesting. Very interesting. And his hair, I thought, was like mine, white. But he turned his head. Just a, and I caught a glance, and his hair was light brown. 
But yet when he looks at you, the glory of God is emanating from him. So when Jesus just looks at you, um, <laughs> I'm thinking of something. You know, we got some people saying, you know, God is 1,500 miles high and wide. And, but then we have Jesse Duplantis saying God is just a 5'11", 6'1", man. I'm, who's right? I mean, come on, you know. <laughs> What is going on here, man? I mean, no, 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 no. well, so he looks at Jesus and sees white, white hair or, or not even white hair, but the, the light is too bright to see, which, okay, that's understandable. But when he turns to the side, <laughs> you see brown hair, right? It's just very interesting. What I guess you don't glow if you turn a little, um, so when you turn sideways, that's like, oh, I can see you now. <laughs> yes, this, that's when the glory doesn't emanate, right? That's when, I guess, he's not as, uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, just, just, this is bizarre, but very bizarre. Um, let's keep going. I fell at his feet, just fell down, man. You want to know what I was thinking? Because this is the second time he's meeting Jesus. Oh, wait, hold on. N never mind. Sorry, sorry. Never mind. Um, yeah, thanks for the information. Jesse said no one ever. <laughs> right. Okay. None of us cares how tall Jesus is. And okay, his hair is brown. You know, he's much caught up in the physical features of Jesus than Jesus. Well, you're going to see that here in a second. The angel of the Lord fell down. You bite the dust. And I saw his feet. And in all my life, I thought Jesus had. Uh, scars why would you think that i mean <laughs> the bible literally says we'll see us anyways uh but this is america's top theologian here but those holes in his feet were this big i could see the light shining through it i understand that his feet look like burn i like this guy's face he's like i'm not buying this at all <laughs> I'm not buying this for a second, man. I want my money back. <laughs> oh, man. Hilarious. Brass, bronze, because the glory of God imminent. Then I realized how big those nails were. You people don't realize how much he suffered. Man. No, we, we, we realize, you know, uh, because the Bible tells us how much he suffered. But the greatest suffering... I don't believe was just the physical suffering, but Jesus bearing forth the full wrath of God. But that never has brought up any of this. I mean, bearing the full wrath of God on behalf of sinners. None, none of that was brought up, you know, but obviously the physical pain was, you know, heavy, right? But yeah. Not write it down. There's no adjectives to understand what Christ went through to describe it. But Jesse comes back from heaven and explains this. <laughs> this. This is, again, the only word I have for this is bizarre, asinine, uh, silly. Um, yeah. I fell at his feet. I'll never forget this. And I put my hand. He said, stand to your feet. And the first thing I thought of doing was confess. I said, look, that's... You know, he said, you're forgiven. <laughs> I said, <"Hey." laughs> and he put his hand on this shoulder. 
and he looked at me. He said, go tell my people I'm coming. And I thought he was going to give me a great... I said, and he, he would answer me when I thought. You know, much of this vision is him just recounting stuff you already know about. You know, he says, go tell my people I'm coming. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what the book of Revelation says. I, I didn't need this vision uh, to, to know that. You, you ever hear people tell their prophecy or a vision, right? Uh, the Lord told them something. And exactly what the Bible says, <laughs> the Lord told me to tell you, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Yeah, like, yeah, I already knew that. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't need you to tell me that already. I'm mean, not a new revelation here. It's, I read John three sixteen. you know, <laughs> like I've, I've had people do that. You know, they're telling me they got this revelation. This new revelation from God is like, well, that's what the Bible says. I mean, I, I knew that before your revelation. You could have asked me that. And I would have told you that. <laughs> this is this is somewhat, you know, he, 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 he tells us, go tell my people I'm coming. Read Revelation 22, 17. That's exactly what he says. <laughs> Behold, I'm coming quickly. Uh, so just very interesting. Um, I said, they know that. He said, no, they don't know that. Oh, so Jesus is telling him, no, they don't know it. I, this is how you know this is false. Jesus knows what he said in Revelation twenty two seventeen. 17. Uh, matter of fact, let me, yeah, maybe let me uh, make sure I have that verse. Uh, Jesus says, no, they don't know I'm coming. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, the spirits say come. Hold on, maybe it's further down. They don't know I'm coming. Uh, this is so funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, verse 20, actually, uh, uh, verse 20. Um, Revelation twenty two twenty. 20 says, surely I'm coming soon. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I knew he was coming soon. Yeah, that's right, man. If they don't listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead, bro. Amen. They will not be convinced if somebody claims they have met Jesus and got a prophecy and met him face to face and hugged them and comforted jesus yeah we'll get there in a second if they will not believe what the bible says sir they will not believe you you know why because scripture is god inspired sir your your vision is not none of this is god inspired it is not god breathed um i, I couldn't you imagine like let, let, let's go for a second this is true could wouldn't you, could, wouldn't you be feeling a little like, man, I, I mean, shouldn't God do the same for me? Like if you were in this audience, <laughs> right? I mean, he says earlier, God's no respecter of persons. You did it for, he, he called Peter Petey. <laughs> you, called, you did it for Petey and Paul, right? Shouldn't someone in the audience be thinking the same thing and be demanding God show up to them like he did? Right? Um, very interesting. See, there I am doing it again. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, go tell him I'm coming. Go tell him. I brought you here to tell you. Go tell him I'm coming. And he had his hand on my. Do you hear me? The, so, the reason why his, uh, according to him, Jesus brought uh, Jesse in a space shuttle to him is to tell them, you know, the world, the people, maybe even Christians, that Jesus is coming. Again, we already knew that. Um, 
We already knew that. I'm coming. Go tell him. I guess that's why I haven't rested in my life. Just, it's such an urgency and people just know something is up. He's soon to come, ladies and gentlemen. The flowers. You want to see Jesus. You want to see Abraham. You want to look at flowers. You want to see gold streets. You want to see the city with a glorious, magnificent skyline that, that's in there. You, you're doing this, trying to, but earthly eyes, that's why we need, we need this new body bad. You know, this is interesting because if you listen to the, the beginning of the story, he says he shows up in his, his regular suit, right? He doesn't have any robe or um, uh, even a gown. Um, and he's able to see everything in heaven. He doesn't. He so he doesn't have what I'm saying. He doesn't have new eye, new eyes. To, and he, but he's able to see everything. So that makes you ask the question: What's so special about you, Jesse? Any anyway. Um, <laughs> he says Wonder Woman has the lasso of truth, and Jesse got the rope of lies. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. Uh, very funny. Uh, but interesting. He he was able to see everything without. A new new eyes, new everything. Yeah, what in the David Koresh is wrong with Jesse? Oh, you guys are hilarious today. So we can consume what God, because this natural mind can't. It just boggles at the thing. It's just amazing. He put his hand on my shoulder. I'll never forget that. Say, so what does it look like? Love. He looks right through you. Well, what does love look like? I mean, I don't know what that looks like. I mean, someone says, what does he look like? Love. Well, sir, I don't know what that looks like. <laughs> it's like someone saying, uh, you know, what, 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 is it, what does it look like? Blue. Well, I don't know what. I, <laughs> blue isn't, you know, it's a description, but it's not like. Anyways. <laughs> well, maybe a better example would be it looked like anxiety. Well, I don't know what that looks like, you know. What does love look like? I mean, it's a description of maybe actions or at worst feelings. And, um, but I don't, I don't know what that looks like. I mean, like as a physical person, like <laughs> anyways. Glory emanating from him. You just, you want to hug him. You, you reach out. It's an automatic reaction. And he doesn't do this. He just grabs you. He can look at millions of people, and yet you're the only one he sees. He said, there's many things you shall see here and learn, but I brought you here to tell you to go tell my people I'm coming. And he turned around. He took me by the hand. He said, I want, to, I want you to meet another king. And I saw a man walking toward me. Now, this part is interesting. I want you guys to try to guess who Jesse is going to meet next. What king, <laughs> what king is Jesse about to be introduced to by Jesus himself? <laughs> yeah, him and Jesse, him and Jesse and Jesus just, man, they have a little nice man, just stroll and man, interesting, right? Uh, but <laughs> who do you guys think Jesse is going to meet that's a king as well? I'm curious on your answers because I got it right. Sometimes what I do is uh, I think about what I would answer as I'm watching live by myself. And I got this one right. <laughs> so I'll be honest with you, right? 
who is Jesse about to meet? As him and Jesus are taking a stroll along the beach, um, who is he about to meet? <laughs> I want to see what you guys think. Uh, let's see. Uh, think of a king. Think of a king. <laughs> All right, you got it right. Yeah, you about to meet David. Yeah. King David. King David. Je Jesse is about to meet King David. Introduced by Jesus himself, of course. Right? So let's hear this interesting uh, meeting, uh, introduction. And he had reddish hair and he had a red beard and it was a beard about this wide coming like this. And I knew him immediately. I just knew it. And the Lord said, I must go back to the throne. My father calls me. And he turned around, and walked off. And that ain't. So Jesus like, Hey, here's David. I got to go. I got to get up out of here. My father's calling me. Right. <laughs> Very interesting. Strange, but interesting. And I looked at that man. And I said, your name is David, isn't it? He said, yes. I said, oh, king. He said, stand up. Don't bow. He said, you just looked at the king of kings. He's about he to said, bow I've been assigned David. to take you around. I said, listen, is there anything I can do for you? That's what I said. I said, no, but he didn't, he didn't have that same kind of heart of, hey, I'll do anything for you to Jesus. But David comes along. He seems to be more impressed with other people. As we get along this story, this is going to be very interesting as well. Listen, I told him, listen. And he said, you don't understand. We are servants here. We're here to serve. But hold on. W watch who they're going to be serving. You, you guys got to hear this. Notice who they're servants of. David, Abraham. All these people, notice who they're servants of. Listen, I told him, listen. And he said, you don't understand. We are servants here. We're here to serve you. So <laughs> they're here to serve Jesse. Huh? What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? Boy, ain't no way, boy. Boy, ain't no way, boy. They're here to serve Jesse. I mean, Jesus just laughed. They're like, all right, we, we see him all the time. Jesse, yay! What do you, what do you need, man? What do you need? Um, very interesting that they, they're wanting to serve Jesse? Uh, ah, uh, strange, strange. What do you want, Jesse? What do you need? What do you want? And I began to look at the angel, look like this. And that angel said, what are you looking for? I said, you don't have no shadow. You see that shadow? It's very interesting that thing that the things that catches uh, Jesse's eye in heaven. <laughs> Wait a second. You don't got no shadow. Jesus just leaves you. I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. Beat King David. If you need any fresh towels, <laughs> he was a king on earth, but now he's a whipping boy in heaven. Like what? <laughs> Darkness in here. There's none of that in heaven. He looked at me and said, no, there's no shadows here. God is light in whom there's no darkness, no shadow of turning. There is no darkness whatsoever. None. The Bible says that, sir. I mean, these guys are like clapping. Like, <laughs> all I would have to do is read the, the Bible to these people and they'd be impressed. <laughs> you know, just quote verses they, they probably never heard of. They'd be like, wow, that's amazing. 
God is holy, holy, holy. I get a round of applause, you know, just. <laughs> yeah, that's what the Bible says. Um... <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Guys, you haven't heard nothing yet. You haven't heard nothing yet. Jesse is about to meet the Apostle Paul. Uh, Jesse is about to meet Apostle Paul as well. So let's see his meeting with the Apostle. With several men around him. I knew it was Paul. He said, Jesse. I said, he knows my name. <laughs> he said, what are they saying about my gospel? And he still calls it his gospel. And as I said this morning, I told him, I said, listen, I preach everything you say. <laughs> everything. Uh, I doubt that. Uh, well, matter of fact, I know you don't. Um, <laughs> I've never heard you preach Romans 9. That's interesting. Uh, but your, your gospel, the prosperity gospel, is much different uh, than um, the Apostle Paul's. If you come back, you can get me for a copyright infringement. I, <laughs> I tell you what, man, the Pauline epistle is wonderful. And he smiled at me. And they were discussing the Word of God, Pastor Osteen. Discussing. Did you hear that name? Did you hear that name? We'll, we'll, we won't make a big deal of it right now, but later we will show you um, the theological heritage of Osteen's. So let's, let's just stick around. The Word of God. As David walked with me, I said, you've always been an interesting character to me. I said, I was prophesied on as a child that I would work, have a, a life similar to you. Now, I didn't say this in the tapes, but the Lord will let me reveal this to you. He said, I'll pray for you. He said, there were some things if I'd have listened to the Lord I would have never went through. He said, so now you have my record. So follow the record God told me, and you won't walk through some of the places that I walked through. I'll never forget that. I said, so the Apostle Paul said, hey, man, you listen to me. You li listen to what God tells you. You, you, you won't. You won't suffer as much as I do, <laughs> uh, even though the Lord brought that suffering to Apostle Paul uh, to make his name known. Um, the Bible even tells us that we will share in the sufferings of Christ. So <laughs> this is very interesting. Of course, he wants to avoid suffering because the prosperity gospel is a gospel that avoids suffering, um, which is why they have to distort much of the Bible to avoid that suffering as well. Um, but a prophecy was given, believe it or not, believe it or not, a prophecy was given. Um, and I'm going to say there's a way he can try to say it hasn't come to come to pass yet, but there's definitely a way that this can definitely be proven false. And I'm going to let you hear it right quick. But see, my daddy married another lady and I knew I said something wrong, man, because I know my mama. And I believe daddy, daddy's still living. And I believe Jesus Christ is coming in his lifetime, which is my lifetime. So Jesse says that Jesus is coming back in his father's lifetime, which is his lifetime, referring to himself. Well, and I don't make light of this. It's definitely a sad thing. Uh, his father is n no longer living. His father died in 2020. Um, he lived from 1947 to 2020. So if you actually hear what Jesse said, 
it's a false prophecy. Now he could say, well, I was referring to my lifetime as well. So if Jesse dies before this, then it's a false prophecy. So, I mean, I guess he better hopes Jesus comes in his lifetime. So it kind of saves that prophecy, but it's definitely false from once it's because he said in his father's lifetime. I definitely believe this is a false prophecy Jesse gave. Shout out to my man, Willie Doc. He says, thanks for exposing darkness. God bless you, bro. But yeah, I, I definitely do believe that is a, a false uh, prophecy that was given by Jesse Duplantis over 33 years ago. You know, about 35 now, years ago. Uh, yeah, so. Uh, this part is interesting. This part is interesting because he's describing, he's going to describe what else he sees in heaven. And it may be a little controversial, although I don't want to speak about the controversial part. But you guys will see what I mean. Let's play this clip. When I got to the throne of God, I couldn't stand up. I saw 24 thrones, but no one was sitting in them. And I asked that angel, I asked them 24 elders. He said, yes. I said, well, where are they? He said, Jesse, we are servants here. He said, they're in the city. They're men. So the, the elders that are supposed to be sitting on a throne, they've gone vacant. Um, the reason why they're not at uh, on the throne is because they're too busy serving. And I, I guess the question is who? Because uh, he's already made a distinction that says, you know, they're serving other people. But we will go ahead. They're ministering constantly. Servants. You are a servant. We serve you. Everybody serves. Oh, yo, so see, they're, I guess they're busy serving you, <laughs> Jesse, right? They, this is the angel saying to Jesse. Man, bizarre. Very bizarre. It's what you can do for you. always say, can I help? Somebody's always trying to do something for you. The children, the babies singing. If you've had a miscarriage, if you've had an abortion, don't worry about it. You didn't lose your baby. The Lord's got that baby. You never have to worry about it. Never. Now, I don't want to get into the controversy of do babies go to heaven? Um, but he's going to say something bizarre that I think we'll all agree with here. Never. He holds those, I saw those little souls at the throne of God. They look about this big. Look like they got a little nightgown on them. And they would fly, they could fly. And they would fly into that presence of Jehovah. And I'd hear them saying, can we be a spirit? Can we be a spirit? Would you send us to the earth so we can be a spirit? We want to be a redeemed person. Can we be a spirit? So now I know how God sends these babies. They look like little, 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 little bitty things about this big. They just go out of the breath of God. The gifts, and that's how your grandbaby, that's how that baby, that's how that baby was before she became a spirit. So this is very strange. So aborted babies go to heaven, which, okay, we, we but they're begging to go to earth, say, can we be a spirit? Can we be a spirit? The babies, and so that's how babies come about. So how did the first baby get here? Like Adam and Eve's first child, since there was no aborted babies yet, how did they? Huh? I, I, I'm so, when I heard that, I was so confused. Or, 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 or there's his, or his position is there is a pre-existence that everybody pre-exists. 
some kind of Mormon doctrine. Either way, it's bad. Yeah, someone says it. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're right on right on sink to sink right there, my friend. I see you. I see that hand. <laughs> but either way, you have it. You have the pre-existence. You have these babies in heaven saying, we want to go to heaven. We want to be a spirit. We want to. What? I, I deserve St. Westbrook for that one. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? What is going on? But we're not allowed to doubt this because Jesse said he went to heaven and he saw this. So all you doubters of God out there. Um, yeah, yeah. Why would someone in heaven want to even go to earth? Like, <laughs> they're like, man, we're tired of this. We're tired of serving. <laughs> we want to be served. Like, this is bizarre. Very bizarre. Um, well, if you think you've heard bizarre... Who do you think he'll meet next in heaven? Who do you think he's going to finally meet in heaven? Jesse Duplantis is going to meet someone great, I would say, right, in heaven. Who do you think he's going to uh, meet? Drop it down in the comment right now. I just want to see what your guys are thinking as you watch this video. Um, <laughs> the answer might surprise you. <laughs> the answer might surprise you uh, on who... Jesse Duplantis will meet. Uh, someone says Moses. Moses, hey? <laughs> he did meet Moses. Uh, the Holy Spirit, he's about to meet Joel Osteen. <laughs> Joel Osteen is probably a little baby by now. He's a, Yeah, he's a young boy at this time. Uh, <laughs> nope, nope, not Abraham, not Moses. Let's just get into it. When I got to the throne of God, I hit the ground. I could. He's gonna. He's meeting the Father, the high heavens. He is meeting the Father. Let's get into it. Stand up. The light was so bright. The angel of the Lord gave me some fruit. He said, "Eat this so you can withstand the glory of God." The closer you get to the throne, the weaker you become because of the glory of God. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm about ready. Hold on. We'll, we'll... But it's very interesting. He met Jesus, who was ontologically equal with the Father, right? He is God himself. And he didn't get weak. So in some sense, he presents God the Father as being a um, more powerful. And we're going to see how, how bizarre the, the ability the Father gets. Guys, if you don't stick around for anything else, stick around for this. Uh I, I, I'm lost for words. You become because of the glory of God. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm about ready to tell you it's going to shock you. I could not. I saw. Jesse, I am already shocked. I am already shocked. Jehovah, the Father's feet. But I also, you know, I, I said it on the tape, I only saw his feet. But he was sitting down and I saw his hand. I mean, this lower part, he was sitting like this in his hand. He is so powerful. I heard this massive. Boy, ain't no way, boy. Boy, ain't no way, boy. So he's sees the father sitting down on his throne, right? He sees legs and limbs and he sees his hand. What in the Mormonism is going on here? Apparently, the father has a body. Guys, it's going to get worse. 
it is going to get worse. Stick around. <laughs> Stick around. Amount of energy. That's the only way I can explain that. Pow, if he would just barely move, a universe would annihilate. Watch Jehovah, this. Elohim, Yahweh. Just, and in this map, and I'm looking like this, and I could only like see his feet, and I saw his finger. His hand, like, you know, the lower part of his body, what I meant, like that. He did, and these angels flying, flying the great God Jehovah and smoke just coming up and just, just, and this massive sound. Power like I've never experienced in my life. And these big angels, now these had wings flying in that throne saying, the great God Jehovah. And just, and I saw the hand, like his hand, even though it was, I said it in the tape like it was his feet, but it was in his lower part. His finger did this. I want everybody to see this. His finger just did. And when he moved, an angel of God was thrown up against a wall. No, 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 no. So, <laughs> wait a second. So, the angels fly around in heaven just glorifying God, and God's finger just moved, and then, bam! The angel just, like, flies on the wall of heaven. He just... I'm sure he's hurt. I'm sure the angel is actually hurt if that were to happen to him. But Jesse Duplantis is right before the throne of God and nothing happens to him. <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> Yo, I have seen this and I'm in shock because I'm actually thinking about this. God's finger just like, I mean, he had a little, you know, sometimes you get those little twitches. That's what that's what happened in the finger of God. And an angel just like is the, what do you call it? Is the, uh, I don't know. <laughs> He's the, he, you know, the angel just gets thrown, minding his business, doing nothing wrong. And as the result of that, he gets smacked on the wall. Like, what? 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 But Jesse Duplantis is able to handle that, right? Like, he's just able to... Oh, man. What 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 is going on here? What in the Mormonism is going on here? Yeah, God is... G guys, God will forever... The Father, in his body, I guess, will never have to move. Otherwise, man, we're going to be in trouble. Can you imagine if God raised his arm? I mean... He just moved his finger barely. Can you imagine if he moved his arm, what would happen? Oof. Sorry, angels. There's not going to be 130 no longer. <laughs> I don't know. My goodness, Jesse. And you got people in there just eating this up. Eating this up. Right now, do you guys remember with uh, Marcus Rogers and uh, Will the Thrill were describing God and they kind of described God as a me boy, right? A cell division, nuclear cell division. I should have got that clip ready. By the way, stick around to the end because we got to talk about William Ty Jackson. We're, we're not done with him yet. <laughs> remember when they started talking about that? Well, this is going to be something very similar and bizarre. So just watch this. He's excited. Now, you can't see Jehovah's face and live. At least I couldn't. But I'll explain this statement. I would see Jesus and he would stop. And I could look at him. See, because the heart of God is the Father. The face of God is the Son, Jesus. 
The voice of God is the Holy Ghost, but the hand of God is the church. Boy, ain't no way, boy. Boy, ain't no way, boy. So, God the Father has the body, but the face is Jesus. The voice is the Holy Spirit, and his hands are the church. That That's just... And this is guys, this is this is a literal depiction of God, so to speak. But guys, it's gonna get worse, way worse and strange. Guys, this is the mild part. This is the mild part. And I seen him turn around. Guys, and this was in 1988. Marcus Rogers was like two years old, so he didn't get it from him. He didn't get this from Marcus Rogers. Several times like this, and he'd look at and that massive black. And that's when I noticed, I couldn't, because you see, I, I'm looking down at it, but I could see Jesus' face. I could bear that power. So he could bear the power of Jesus, but not the Father. You, you see how this would conclude that the Father is uh, greater in power than the Son? This is a denial of the Trinity. But guys, this, he, what he's about to present is a oneness version of God. Check it out. I'd go to try to look at the fire. He would walk out and walk in. He'd go into the pie. He'd go into the fire. He'd just walk in it into that massive amount of energy. But he would look, and I've never seen love like I, I saw that. You could sense the love of God just, just pulling from Christ. And you could see Christ just giving love back and forth. It was just such a magnetism. I asked the stupidest question anyone would ever ask in heaven. I'm still embarrassed to say it. I'm laying on the floor. I asked that angel. I, I was very interested in the Trinity. They're three, yet they're one. And I said, where's the Holy Spirit? And I know the angel said, he's on the earth. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I know that. I know that. <laughs> I felt so So <laughs> the Holy Spirit isn't around because he's on, in earth, right? He's on earth. Um, <laughs> very strange, very strange. You know, you read through the book of Revela Revelation. I mean, you have... It is, and it's uh, really, a, uh, obviously, my position is that the book of Revelation is a uh, vision. But you have, in heaven, Jesus is speaking, as well as the Spirit. As well as the Spirit. Uh, where is this verse at here? Um, yeah, yeah, here it is. Let me share my screen with you. Right, Jesus says, Hold on, let me, uh, shoot. hold on. Yeah, they're in heaven, and uh, this is where I talked about earlier where they say this, uh, hold on. Yeah, the spirit and the bride say, come, let the one who hears say, come. All right, this is going on in heaven. Clearly, the spirit is in heaven. Uh, a couple, a couple, well, one other reason is the spirit is omnipresent. So where would you go that the spirit is not? He's only on earth. And I know that the uh, 
angels didn't tell you that answer. <laughs> oh, why is the spirit not here? Where, where's the Holy Spirit? Oh, he's on earth. I can't imagine that angel being disintegrated for the heresy they just, they just spewed. <laughs> right? And he and, and if you actually listen to what he said earlier, you have the, the son being kind of fused out of the father. I'm going to show you what that looks like to me. Just kind of this uh, cell infusion. Right? Let's, watch this. This kind of looks like to me. In that way, Meitner realized that when a neutron hits a uranium nucleus, it could make the nucleus sort of stretch out and then pinch together in the middle and then split in two, like one drop of water. So that's what you have apparently in the Godhead is this nuclear cell fusion, these atom splicings um, up in the God being. I, I don't even know what to call what he saw in heaven, but. That, that lets me know you didn't know this was not heaven. <laughs> this was not heaven you saw. Uh, very strange. Very, very, very strange indeed. Um, this part was kind of messed up. And in 88, you can get away with this, but not in 2023. Check this out. If you had a baby that died, <coughs> passed away, accident, something happened. And if you would live to be a ripe old age, that baby would grow up. That's the first person you're going to see other than Abraham when you get there. That baby waiting to see you. So if you had a baby that died, that'll be the first person you see, right? The baby in Abraham, according to Jesse Duplantis. But there'll be a grown person if it, takes a, if it takes you a long time before you go home to be with God. But if you've had a baby and it passed away and a couple, two or three years later you would pass away, you will raise that child. So let's say Jesse's saying, so let's say you die, your baby dies and maybe you die a couple years later. Um, you know, you get there and the baby's like a toddler. I guess he's no longer fatherless now. You Thank God you came, came right? Um, you will raise your own child, apparently. <laughs> this is so bizarre. Those children are taught the oracles of God. I saw Oriental children, but I didn't see many, many Oriental adults. And I realized that there comes a time where you either accept Christ or reject him. But see, God don't lose them babies. All these millions of babies that have been destroyed, the Lord's got them. He's low-key saying that a lot of Asian people are going to hell. Um, you know, he's, cause he's saying there's a lot of Asian babies, but I don't see a lot of Asian adults. Because his, his view is, you know, if you, you know, all the babies will go to heaven. But there ain't many Asian people, which, again, there's no. <laughs> he doesn't know that at all. He doesn't know that at all. But. Interesting. Guys, this part was the worst part. Because this was the most heretical part. If you think. You think. Um, what we've shared so far has been bad. Guys, we haven't seen anything yet. Anything yet. Uh, this is the part that makes you just say, you know, you got to play St. Westbrook. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? It's going to make you ask yourself to Jesse, what are you talking about? Um, this is a denial of certain attributes of God where we're going to hear. But let's start off with the first clip. I heard that familiar voice, Jesse. And this is the part that gets to me. This is not, I don't know if this is on the tape back there or not. 
Because some things God lets me reveal. I turned around. Said, what? what I said. Hold on. He said, <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry about that. Sorry about that. A little malfunction there. We'll start over. Uh, let's, yeah, let's start it over. I heard that familiar voice, Jesse. And this is the part that gets to me. This is not, I don't know if this is on the tape back there or not. Because some things God lets me reveal. He says, some things God lets me reveal. I mean, you've been sharing so much here for, for about an hour. But only God, oh, well, God doesn't let you share everything. I mean, you share that we're going to be raising babies in heaven, but, but yeah. I turned around. He said, you heard what I said. Now, just looking at it. He said, go tell my people I'm coming. I said, Lord, I, I'll do everything I know to do. And that angel was standing there and David was standing there. I said, I love you with all of my being. I, I made some mistakes in my life. He said, I don't, I don't know you did. I washed them away. I didn't know you did. You're free. I said, listen. Thank you. And I saw a tear swell up in his eye. So, so Jesus starts to cry, but we're going to hear why Jesus starts to cry. That's going to actually be the most bizarre part, why Jesus starts to cry. You guys ready to hear why Jesus begins to cry? Um, <laughs> guys, if you are sitting or if you're standing, please sit. If you're sitting, please lay down. <laughs> uh, all righty. He said this statement to me. As we were walking, he said, now this is a strange to you maybe, but not to me, because I was there. He said, the worst day of my life is yet to come. Worse than, um, worse than taking on God's wrath. Worse than, you know, bearing all sin. Uh, worse than any of that. God's got a day. Jesus has had you know, second person of the Trinity has a worse day than that. He was talking with, all of a sudden, the Lord Jesus Christ, God, is sharing with his creation. He said, you know that scripture, I said that I will wipe away all tears in heaven. I said, you know, Lord, I, I never truly understood that. You know, I mean, in some ways I did, in some ways I didn't. He says, that's tears in my eyes, Jesse. So, uh, the scripture that says, this, this, this is how you know, uh, this is, this is false. He says, you know, that scripture that says, you know, no more tears going to wipe away their every tears. That's tears in Jesus's eyes. You know, look, you don't have to take them to the Greek. Hold on a second. <laughs> you don't have to take them to the Greek. To know that, I don't even know where that uh, clip is at. <laughs> Hold on, you don't gotta take you to the Greek. 
to know that what he just said was false. Let me share my screen here. Show you a couple of scriptures that easily prove this is false. Notice what it says. He will, he speaking of Jesus will wipe away every tear from their eyes, not his eyes. Um, and death shall be no more, right? Neither shall be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. Um, but apparently there will be, be crying. It'll be Jesus. But he's wiping his own tears away, even though it says their eyes. It's not his eyes, not my eyes. This is bizarre. But another scripture says, oh, that's just one text. Well, I'll give you more than you want. For the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. And he will guide them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Now, this is the. Just this is clearly not about Jesus. This is not about God. Right. This is God wiping away our tears. And why? Because there'll be no more death, no more suffering, no more sin. You know why we won't be crying? Because the consummation of all things has happened. Revelation 21 is about the 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 fulfillment, the end of all things. And we'll rejoice. Because there, you, you ever been at times now where you're just like, man, I can't wait till there's no more sin. You know, the battle, the struggle with sin will be over. The fight with sin, the fight against godless ideologies will be done. That's why we will no, be no more crying. No more disease. Right? We'll be finally united to Christ. That's why we won't cry anymore. But apparently Jesus will still be crying. Because there's one day that's coming. That's going to be his worst day. In heaven, all things are fulfilled. God, Jesus is still going to be sad. Peep this out. Um, yeah. He said on that great judgment day, I will have to tell the creation that I love to depart from me. Now he's got tears in his eyes when he's saying this now. So God's going to be sad, I guess, on judgment day because he's got to just, he's got to judge them. He's got to pour on his wrath. You know, Revelation 19 brings a different picture. You know, this this warrior king coming to Coming, I mean, you know, you read the book of Revelation, this, this, this warrior king coming in judgment, ready to, to destroy his enemies, not in tears that he has to do it. Not in, not in, not in, not in tears of sadness, like, man, I, I don't, I really don't want to do this, but I, I got to do it as if he's under some obligation that he doesn't want to fulfill his wrath. This Jesus Jesse depicts is a sad Jesus, a, a the, the wimpy Jesus we hear of in modern evangelical circles. No, Jesus isn't going to be sad to fulfill what he desires out of his attributes. Jesus isn't sad to pour out his wrath on the wicked. But Jesse presents Jesus as some kind of some kind of guy who who's just like, man. I just, I'm so sad I got to do this. 
I don't really want to, but I guess I got to. This is very, very terrible theology. He's swelling up with tears in his eyes. Now, I want to uh, point your attention to the two people on the screen right here in this loud green <laughs> money suit and the gentleman to her right. Anybody know who these people are? Anybody? Mueller, Mueller, right? This is Joel Osteen's parents. You know, many times I hear people, and I've even been guilty of saying, yo, I heard that John, 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 I think his name is John Osteen, is a biblical preacher and his son kind of fell astray. Well, if this is his church, this is presented in Lakewood Church. And if this is any kind of um, depiction of John Osteen, I, you know, I think one of the biggest uh Indicators of your theology is who you invite in your church. And if this is an indicator of who he's invited in his church, what does that say about John Osteen? Right. And so I think we should stop saying, you know, John Osteen was a good preacher and his son fell astray. There's no there's not much evidence of that. Now, did he preach more? Theology than his son? Yeah, I'm sure, but that's not saying much. It's, I mean, his son doesn't preach much from the Bible. And so, yeah, here they are just listening to this. And man, I, if, if I invited a friend, I'm thinking of my elders. Um, if, if that happened, man, they'd be, they'd be pulling that guy off the stage. Yeah, his father is dead. This is an older sermon. So, so yeah. Yeah, so... So, yeah, let's continue on with this vision or this, um, yeah, this hour of storytelling. Man, it's touching my heart. I want to reach out to him and comfort him. So, <laughs> Jesse Duplantis wants to reach out and comfort Jesus as he has any need of to be comforted. Jesus is so sad in this theology and needs. Here's, here's, here's why people should rethink this needy Jesus. How can Jesus fulfill my needs? How can he comfort me when I have to comfort him? I don't, I wouldn't want this, yeah, Pantene model Jesus in the first place. And guys, it's going to get worse. Right? We, I don't want this Pantene model Jesus. God doesn't need to be comforted. He's satisfied in himself you know a holy god a a self-sufficient god does not need to be satisfied or comforted in anything other than himself he is his own comfort he is his own delights he doesn't need you jesse and we're going to get to that in a second ladies and gentlemen i didn't say this at the believers man i put my hand on the lord and i, I, I just kind of i didn't know what 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 you know, if somebody you love, you, you do that. You know, I mean, it's kind of, I don't know. He said, I dread that day. I dread it. I dread it. I said, you know, Lord, I thought everybody was going to be mean and more vicious. No, God will be tears in his eyes crying as he sends this creation whom he died for and loved. He said, Jesse, it's final. I can't change it. He said, tears flowed from my eyes the day my creation, Adam, fell. But I knew I would send myself that I had a chance to touch people. 
He said, but this day is coming. It's final. I can't change it once it's said. He said, I have to wipe the tears from my So here you have him saying Jesus um, is dreading. He's not looking forward. He's dreading it. Nowhere does the Bible depict Jesus in this manner. Right? Nowhere. Um, he said, but... I'm just wiping my tears away. He just he was he was crying at the beginning of creation. <laughs> I guess there's some 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 Jesse Duplantis typology. You have the bookends crying in the beginning of creation when Adam fell and crying at the end when he asked to pour out his wrath on all of creation. My goodness. My goodness. Um Well, you guys might remember some time ago I did a study on some attributes of God, the self-sufficiency, the aseity of God, um, how God is in need of nothing, right? We quoted A.W. Tozier. Um, to speak of God in need would be absurd, as Tozier said, need is a creature word, right? God is in need of nothing. He needs no one. He is satisfied in and within himself, right? You will be blessed to study the attributes of God. Well, guys, we need to relook at that, given what Jesse Duplantis says here. Then I realized that God needs our love. So God needs our love. Need. He, I mean, without it, something would be, I mean, we, he would be dissatisfied. Um, wow. I mean, my Bible tells me, let's look it up here, that God has no need. No need at all. For as I passed along, this is Paul speaking, observe the objects of your worship. I found also an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you, the God who has made the world and everything in it, right? Being Lord of heaven and earth does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything. Since here's the reason why God doesn't need anything. Since he gives himself to all mankind, life and breath and everything. What would you give to God that he needs? He's the creator of all things, right? Uh, more scripture, just, just demonstrating this. Man, we can go on and on about the aseity of God. Yes, um, yes. Uh, Steve Lawson has a good series on the attributes of God as, as well. You would be highly blessed to take a look at that and to grow in knowledge on this important topic. But Psalm 50, uh, Psalm 50 verse 10 through 15 says, for every beast of the forest is mine. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the hills, all that moves in the field is mine. I love this verse. I love this verse. If I were hungry, I would not tell you for the world in its fullness are mine. This is some, some man, some masterful argumentation. <laughs> Notice what it's really saying. God is saying, if I did have a need of hunger, I wouldn't tell you because you couldn't satisfy it. 
But since I created the world, I would go out and get it myself. Now, obviously, God does not get hungry, but that's another point of the day. But it's arguing from a if statement, right? If God did have a need, he wouldn't tell you. <laughs> what would you be able to do to give, it, give him something, right? He said, do I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and perform your vows to the Most High and call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. Notice, God doesn't have a need for anything. I love Bible verses like this. It destroys man-centered preaching like uh, Jesse Duplantis's. Absolutely annihilates it. You know, the Bible is not a very anthropocentric book. If you want just your, 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 your feelings, right, just, just being pumped up about you, that's why I always say the thesis of the Bible is Psalm 115.1. Not to us, not to us, but to your name be the glory. The Bible is about God and what he's through, doing through progressive revelation to glorify himself. He doesn't need you, sir. He doesn't need you, old man. Who are you? Right? Who are you? Right? That's a perfect clip for that. <laughs> Wait a minute, right? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You. Who are you, Jesse? You, God does not need you. He has no need of anything. He's self-sufficient, meaning he's satisfied within himself. He's all-sufficient. So let's continue with this clip about Jesse saying God needs him. I didn't realize how much he needed me. You know how arrogant you have to be to utter those words. You, you have to be so arrogant to utter these words. I, I didn't realize how much God needed me, right? Well, let me tell you first, it is uh, blatantly false. God needs nothing. We've reread that verse. We demonstrated that. Um, God, can you imagine you being, let's say you, you maximum you live 100 years, Right. I mean, we're so we're so fragile, guys. Would you want a God that needs you? I mean. I thought God was omnipotent, transcendent. This is just like the pagans gods. What 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 was the, uh, the thing that the uh, Old Testament prophet uh, mocked their, their gods? Your God needs you. <laughs> right. Let him know to relieve himself, right? He'll tell you. They need to be carried. That was the very apologetic against the, the, uh, the idols of the day. And here Jesse, here men today come preaching. Yeah, they're right. Blasphemous. Very blasphemous. See, I've always thought of me needing him. You know, how much he needed me. I said, I'll do anything for you. I said, that may be a rash statement. I said, Peter said that. I said, but far as I know, I'd do anything for you. And he smiled at me. You won't even preach sound doctrine for God. Don't, don't make rash statements like that. He said, I chose you. He said, no one else wanted you. But I need you, boy. I need you, Jesse. 
I need you, boy. I need you, Jesse. Can't do it without you. Lost without you. What do we do? <laughs> Lost without you, Jesse. I mean, what, for what will we do in heaven if Jesse doesn't do something we need him to do? You, you, I mean, if you know yourself, you would not to want to utter those words. Let's be honest, guys. None of us are perfectly, right, all the time reliable. I mean, we fail on our promises, right? I know I have. Hey, I'll be honest here. I have failed in things I said I would do. You, you don't want God to need me. <laughs> if it all it's on my shoulders, man, sorry, guys, it, it's going down tomorrow. But God is satisfied. He, 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 is, he is sufficient in himself. Praise God. This is a blat out blasphemous lie. I said, okay. I'll tell every soul I meet that you're coming. I love this lady's face. <laughs> she is not buying it. Look at this. God needs you. <laughs> you know, like you, 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 you got to get help with your wardrobe and, and makeup and, and God needs you. Right? Yeah, we need God. God doesn't need you, sir. This is blasphemy. Repent of this blasphemous teaching. And there are many preachers today who preach the same garbage, same heretical garbage. And they need to repent. I love that lady's face. <laughs> Shout out to her. They need to do. Where are you now? Uh, <laughs> hearing heresy version. I would like to interview this young lady. <laughs> well, no, she's probably older, but I would like to hear her. <laughs> I couldn't believe this man got up there shouting blasphemy. I learned in Sunday school one-on-one that God don't need nobody. She had a gospel-breathing grandma out there somewhere that preached the truth to her. And so, yeah. Well, we're not done with uh, him being comforted. So one more time. But I ask you to meet my Jesus. Since this experience, I understand fellowship. And I'll say this, and I'm going to ask you to make a decision tonight. I walked in my study to pray as I normally do. I have a habit of saying, hello, Jesus. And he says, hi, Jesse. It's a first name basis. I walked into that study, and something was wrong, Pastor Osteen. I sensed it, and it wasn't with me. Something was wrong. It ain't me. I'm not the problem. <laughs> wow, man, how arrogant do you have to be? Everything's going great. I'm Everything fine. fine. So I began to pray like I normally prayed, and the Lord began to minister to me, and I ministered to him. Finally, I said, something's wrong. Lord, something's wrong. And it's not with me. <laughs> wow. Then I realized... And I said, Lord, somebody hurt you today? Somebody hurt you today? You're not acting like you normally act. <laughs> what? Sorry, Jesus, you're, uh, you, you, you're acting a little different. 
yeah, I know the Bible says that, you know, there's uh, no change in you. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. I know that's what the Bible says, but I don't believe the Bible that much, you know? So I, I got to make this stuff up. Uh, <laughs> so, so much for the immutability of Jesus. He does change. Some days he's sad, some days he's not, according to Jesse Duplantis. Wow. I mean, I know there's no uh, variation in God, but Jesus is hurt. He's offended. Somebody hurt you today. The Spirit of the Lord spoke to me. He said, you know me, don't you? Said, <laughs> I can guarantee you Jesus never said that. My children have disobeyed. See, we use the terminology, we grieve the Holy Spirit so loosely. You hurt him. His capacity to hurt is greater than yours. His capacity to love is greater than yours. Yeah, he has Jesus in his feelings. Jesus is just, um, Jesus, doesn't Jesus sound like an emotional ex-boyfriend? We just like always like, so anytime someone Jesus sins, Jesus is just out on the floor just crying and un uncontrollably too, to where it causes him to uh, act differently. You know, a, a, a good study would be the uh, simplicity of God and uh, do a study on that to show that God is not made up of a parts and God's not an emotional being in the sense that, you know, when God, uh, he's not lashing out like uncontrollably. He's not saddened to the point of just being down and depressed. Jesus is just down in the dumps in Jesse Duplantis theology so much to where it changes who he is. Notice he said to him, he says that he says to in this, whatever you want to call it, he says to him, um, you're not acting the same. You're not acting the same. So it, so there's a change in how Jesus acts in this uh, dream or vision or whatever appearance. I said, somebody hurt you today. Lord. I said, listen, I'm going to cancel all my appointments today. I'm shutting it down. <laughs> Imagine you got to cancel all your appointments. I, look, Jesus, I'm, I'm, we're gonna get this right. I'm gonna make you feel better. I, everything, clear my schedule just for you, Jesus. And I'm gonna praise you, and I'm gonna love you, and I'm gonna rejoice and honor you, and call your name, Hosanna. I'm gonna stay here, for lack of a better word, God, to say, till you feel better. So see. He's going to make Jesus feel better because Jesus is in his feelings right now. And, you know, he got to make them feel better. You know. Boy, if you don't get this is this is just this is a mess. This is a mess of the theological mess. No, 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 no. no sir. Boy, ain't no way, boy. Boy, ain't no way, boy. So Jesus is in his feelings and he has to make him feel better. My goodness. I, I don't I, I don't want a God that's just so emotionally disturbed this way. That I need to make him feel better. He's so saddened that I got to comfort him. I I need comforted. <laughs> yeah, Jesse's is Jesus uh, therapist, apparently crazy. 
And I stood in that study, and I praised God, and I shouted, and I cried, and I loved the Lord. And I said, come here, come here. Let me hug you. Come here. And I just loved you and honored him. And it was about an hour and a half, and I heard him go, thank you. What? You can go back to your appointments. So it took him about an hour and a half to get Jesus right. For an hour and a half, I could imagine just Jesus boohooing, apparently. Just snotty nose and all this. And hour and a half, he finally just, thank you, Jesse. All because of Jesse. Man, who's worshiping who? Who's really God in this uh, story? Right? Who's really God in this story? I, yeah, I, I didn't know God needed to be comforted in this way. I mean, for thousands of years, no one else did it, but apparently Jesse, you know, but uh, Jesse comforts Jesus. There we have it. There we have it. Um, very interesting and strange stuff, guys. Very interesting and strange stuff. But we're not done. <laughs> we're not done. You guys remember William Ty Jackson? Oh, yeah, uh, Adrian. Proof of how God, how merciful God is. God in his mercy allowed this man to spew some of the most blasphemous stuff for hours. Multiple times. This guy, this is, this, he goes on tours yearly to talk about this blasphemy. Right? God is merciful, guys. He's patient and kind. This is proof of it. But do you guys remember William Ty Jackson? Will the Thrill Jackson, as I like to call him. You know, God is 1,500 miles high and wide. Uh, you know, he's crowding heaven with his body. Now, if you guys think what Jesse said was strange, this is strange as well. <laughs> But I got to give something up to uh, William Jackson. We had a conversation over Facebook and at least he was willing to dialogue. And, you know, uh, I think he contradicted himself numerous times in that dialogue. But uh, nevertheless, he's willing to uh, dialogue nonetheless. Well, a few weeks ago, maybe a week or so ago, I responded to uh, William Ty Jackson, Mr. 1500 miles high and long and wide. At least, guys, at least. I mean, he could be 3,000 miles. We, don't, we actually don't know, according to uh, William. Well, he responded back to me on TikTok and uh, tagged me in it. So shout out to him for tagging me uh, in it. And uh, he tagged me in it. And we had a, uh, I, I thought it was an interesting response. So <laughs> here we are. Let's get it. Great clip from last year. Do y'all remember Mr. Ty Jackson? Yeah, let's let's uh let's 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 play this. This this is some interesting stuff. And he's and he's vast, by the way. The father, he is vast. He is huge, he is wide, he is tall, he is at the least 15 mile uh, 1500 miles high, at the least. <laughs> Yo, I like this. Your arms too short to box with God. Literally. <laughs> Literally. <sighs> to see his form because he takes up all the heaven the universe he's not fat but he is huge what bro what are you talking about man crowding heaven he's crowding the earth 
how are we going to be in heaven if God's filled the heaven with his body? Let's go to Bible to answer that question. First Kings, but will God really live on the earth? Why even the highest heavens cannot contain you? How much less than this temple I've built? Now, think about the verses he brings up and how his explanation doesn't fit. Right? Because he does have, because remember, he said that the uh, heavens are being filled up by God. That sounds like the highest heavens can contain him. <laughs> he just filled it up to the brim. Uh, very interesting. Second Chronicles, but who can really build him a worthy home? Not even the highest heavens can contain him. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. We go to the Bible. So the problem is he thinks these verses are speaking literal. So when it says heaven is my throne, he's thinking of this place as a, uh, like a literal place. He sits, God literally is sitting down bodily, physically in heaven and then has his feet on heaven. Well, obviously we know that isn't true since nobody sees his feet. That lets you know right, right there, this isn't uh, literal. And a lot of verses he sent to me uh, on Facebook were apocalyptic imagery, right? Apocalyptic imagery. I mean, the, the, listen, the Bible also said God is like a, a mother hen. No one, I mean, <laughs> no one logical and would conclude, therefore, God has feathers. That would be absurd. The Bible speaks in sometimes this imagery, uh, yeah, the Bible speaks in, in this imagery many times when describing God, right? Because that's sometimes many ways how we learn about God is uh, poetically and imagery, right? And yeah, so let's continue. Well, it gets obvious pretty quick that God is huge. You think about God, you're thinking of him from a physical dimension. You the one that just said he had a literal body, but I'm the one thinking uh, Physically, you literally just said God is 1,500, at least. Well, guys, I got to add that part because I think he was a little upset that I didn't say the at least part. He's at least uh, 1,500 miles high and wide. And so that verse, that, 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 or yeah, that contradicts you. That contradicts you. And the Bible literally said no one has seen the Father. John 1.18. Um Colossians 1.15 speaks of Jesus being the image of the invisible God. 1 Timothy 1.17 says to the king of the ages, this is speaking about the father, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Um, no one has ever seen the father, guys. No one has ever seen the father. He said, did he say body? He says 1,500 miles high and wide. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a physical body. I mean, if you're invisible, you can't be measured in physical diameter and length. So he, he, he wants to. So what what he wants to argue two things. He wants to argue it's physical. But then when I was, uh, you know, catch him on it or call him out on it, then he say, oh, I'm talking spiritually. And then when I say, OK, so it's spiritual. Then he would argue physical diameter. And so he wants to have his cake and eat it, too. That's the problem. Which is carnal. Because remember, God, the father is spirit his holy spirit now watch watch he says god is spirit but watch this jesus is the physical person of god but according to the bible the highest heaven can't contain him now in the book of revelation and in ezekiel and in isaiah we see that god is embodied on his throne so no no not listen so so there we go he says in ezekiel and revelation or daniel god is embodied on his throne right and as my sister said it's anthropomorphic language the point isn't to show you a physical description of, of 
of the father sitting on his throne. It's speaking of the reign. He reigns. If See, the problem is he doesn't understand biblical imagery and, and concepts like this. Not trying to insult, insult him, but um, when a priest was to sit down, it speaks of their work being finished. Right? It, it speaks of their work being finished. That's what it speaks about with with uh, oftentimes God sitting, uh, his even him being him reigning, et cetera, et cetera. Not an actual body like when we go to heaven, they're going to be an actual body um, of the father who sit down like a physical imprint when he gets up. Like That's not what's going to happen. This is Mormonism speak right here. This is Mormonism. Because he's embodied on his throne. There's a form of him that you can see. But I see, there you go. You can see the father, even though the Bible says no one has ever seen God. Speaking of the father, um, you can't see God and live. You can't see the father. Isaiah said that God was high and lifted up. So when I say at so, so when he says, when Isaiah says God is high and lifted up, <laughs> he literally meant that. It's like, he is high and lifted up. Like, like that was not what Isaiah was talking about. Again, it's, it's referring to his reign, his, uh, his, his, his transcendence. His, his otherness, otherliness, as some have described it. Um, not physical diameter. If you get out a, if you had a measuring stick, you'd be able to measure the father and be like, wow, he is high and lifted up. That's not what it's talking about. That's silliness. Uh, very silly. At least 1,500 miles high, that's to give human perspective. Because the Bible says he's bigger than that. <laughs> he's bigger than that. Uh, <laughs> again, so yeah, he wants to be, so, 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 He's at least 1,500 miles high and wide in the theology of William Ty Jackson. So, absurd. This is not speaking about a literal, again, measure. God can't be measured. So, so notice, in his view, you could measure God if you had a ruler big enough for it. At least going to come for me. Display clear theological evidence for why I'm wrong. And I did, sir. Multiple verses speaking that God is invisible. Now, what he tried to do when I, I said, hey, God is invisible. He said, well, yeah, but you can see him with spiritual eyes. It's not spiritual eyes if, you, if it's physical and material. That's not how spiritual eyes work. <laughs> spiritual eyes is not like they make things physical. Their sp spiritual eyes refer to now understanding something that is not just a physical material concept. So you're not even understanding what it means to see spiritually. Um, yeah, this is Mormonism. Oh, and saying that I got a video titled How to Debunk the Trinity. Might be good to understand that was a response video in debunking that guy. Now, I thought that comment was weird because he used someone's comment to say that I said it. I, sir, I, I didn't even say that. I don't, even, I don't watch your video, so I don't even know what you're talking about. Well, let me go back so you, so you see that he's talking about me for me display clear theological evidence for why i'm wrong oh and saying that i got a video titled how to debunk the trinity might be good to understand that was a response video in debunking that guy for you to be titled all things theology i would expect for you to be more sound in your platform yeah for i would expect someone talking about spiritual eyes be able to read something that i didn't say i mean my graphics not buy it uh you didn't prove me wrong you just contradicted yourself not contradict the scriptures that i showed 
I hope this helps. Oh, one more thing. Biblically speaking, the Holy Spirit still speaks, gives dreams and visions, and Jesus still appears to people. Nowhere in scripture will you ever find that he stopped in our day and age. So the canon ain't closed. There you have it. So <laughs> logically, he couldn't deny anything Kenneth Copeland, or sorry, Jesse DePlantis just said. <laughs> right? Very interesting. Very interesting uh, commentary. Uh, he said some more. He did a response too, but it was just talking about the portals and <laughs> it was all over the place. So it's like, all right, enjoy. So he said he, that was his last response to me. So. I guess the last word on this <laughs> guys i would like to invite you to something as we bring this to a close let me pull it up here uh let's see if you are in the dallas area man i would love to see you i would love to see you this saturday i am uh, with some along with some other people doing an adoption con con uh, concert as many of you guys know as many of you guys know I've been uh, going through the adoption process I am uh, seeking to raise money for an adopt for adoption and you guys have a way to partner obviously keep us in prayer that is the most important thing um, but if you would like to attend this concert guys are gonna be doing songs from the new album it'll be opening up with uh, hymns uh, people from my church going to be singing, doing doing some hymns and things like that. Another brother going to be doing some Christian rap, and I'll be doing some music off my newest album as well. Link is in the description if you would like to attend. I would love to see some of you guys who are in this Dallas area. Maybe you live a couple hours away and you're, you're kind of debating. Hey, I hope that it will be. I hope that will be well worth the uh, journey. Hey, you're not going to get a dream and <laughs> you actually hear some good theological content at this show. And so if you're in the Dallas area, man, would love to see you. If you're on Facebook, um, go to the description and uh, come join us. Come join us again. I would love to to hang out with some of you guys, uh, fellowship with some of you guys. It will be a good time, a good, good old time of of, of hearing uh Worshiping God together. Um, yeah, worshiping God together. Um, you know, uh, rejoicing in the fact that uh, God has uh, helped us in raising um, some good money, good amount of money through you guys who have been giving. giving. I appreciate everyone who has given and everyone who has prayed. Um, so we'd love to see your guys' lovely faces. Uh, me and my wife would love to see you guys. Uh, talk with you guys fellowship it'll be a good time um yeah yeah so so uh yep just 10 10 to get in uh we are accepting more but hey and, and, and bro if, if you if you don't have it don't let that stop you that's just a recommended given but if you you if you don't uh if if you don't have it i don't want to stop that from people going um, we're not in it for the money or anything like that um yeah yeah I, i'm hoping to live stream this event but i don't want to see i don't even like mention it because then people are like see i'll just watch it uh <laughs> no so come come the, the spirit of the bride <laughs> i'm just kidding no i gotta, gotta go there i kate up says come if you can you know that without price you can get in still <laughs> right and so hey we'd love to see your faces there um i, I believe it'll be a good time of fellowship 
good time of, uh, man, encouragement and rejoicing over what the Lord has even done this far. And really just to update two people on um, what what uh, what has been going on in our adoption journey in, per- in person as well and to celebrate. Um, so, yeah, this Saturday, 630 in Frisco, Texas, if you are able to join, please join. Please join. Um, I would love to see your guys' faces there. Uh, <laughs> buy your tickets. Playing right out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm just kidding. No, I understand that some many of our subscribers live far. But, hey, if, if you can just keep praying, um, if you can just keep uh, praying, then that'll be good. Um, the gift wrap service is extra. You know, we may have to take a look at that. <laughs> If you guys want to, we may take a look at that then. Um, I'm sure that'll be interesting. Tomorrow I'll be live discussing Young Don denying the Trinity. So if you want some, this man changes his views every week. My goodness. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of scared to respond to it. Not because it's something complicated, but by the time I do the live, he could be into something totally different. Um so, so yeah, I mean, it's, that's the only uh, hesitation I have about responding to it. Uh, yeah. Anyone a road trip from California? Hey, would love to see some of my California friends. Yeah, you know, that, that would be an awesome. Uh, that would be an awesome surprise to have some Cali friends come out and enjoy it and, and road tripped. Um, I don't, I don't know if. Bible Dingers was if you if you're actually serious, he was actually uh, thinking about doing it. Coming from California, I don't know if he changed his mind, but maybe he can hit up Bible Dingers. But man, that'd be cool, man. Some people came far for little old me, man. I'm no superstar, um, but I'm looking forward to this concert, uh, performing new music and things like that. And so, yeah, man. Hope you guys enjoyed today's live, man. Um, <laughs> But if heading to Texas, I'm bringing more horse. You know, me and some friends were were, were talking about that. Uh, people think Texas is like some like, you know, you're gonna see some uh, what's those things <laughs> just roll around like a Western movie, so, some bushels or whatever. I don't know what they're called. See, I, I I rode a horse once. Texas is very like uh, I don't know, city life, uh, or at least North Texas is, and so uh. I've read a horse just once and I was way out in the country. And so <laughs> the area I live in is very uh, city life, a lot of restaurants and a lot of people. At one point, this was like the fastest growing city in America. Yeah, no tumbleweeds, no tumbleweeds here. I guess. So if anybody don't have any questions, then then, yeah, we'll just end it. But. Um, yeah, West Texas is very like that, but but uh, not not uh, Texas. Um, not Texas. Uh, interesting. I was just responding to somebody there, but, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nope, nope, no. Nope. Although we did have a cowboy from like West, West Texas. He came to our church cause he was just riding through and he was like, yeah, I'm reformed. I was like, wow, a, a reformed cowboy. Wow. Live in the flesh. Brother Adrian says, do you believe the saints will have literal crowns like the crown of light, the crown of righteousness? I do not believe they are literal. Uh, 
crowns. No, I, as as of as of now, I do not believe they're la- uh, literal crowns. Uh, I believe these are uh, symbolic of speaking of our reign with Christ, right? So yeah, as my position, I, I think I've I've stated that I've, I'm I'm millennial in my uh, eschatology. I am, so I would have also have a Christocentric hermeneutic when it comes to that. Um, so yeah. Um, <laughs> I just added a, a new monitor on the back here on my screen. So sometimes you guys see me looking. That's what I'm looking at. Uh, yeah, yeah. I am a city boy through and through, though. Uh, I, I could not make it in the country. I mean, I, I want to be inside uh, quite often. <laughs> you caught me again. Very interesting. <laughs> I, I'm a very simple, like, and, you know, what you see is what you get kind of guy. Yeah, very interesting. Interesting. Is why I say that in person, so. Um, do you have any CDs of your new album? I do not. I was thinking about it, but this is a very digital age. Um, this is a very digital age, and so... Um, it kind of doesn't profit you to have uh, physical CDs when everybody just streams things. But a couple albums ago, I did have physical CDs and then everything went digital. And so, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make much sense now from an artist's perspective to do that. So maybe one day, maybe one day. Um, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is an interesting live today. <laughs> yeah, how are you going to fit in heaven if God's body is taking it all up? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. You know, God, God's got all the smoke in heaven. <laughs> he wants all the smoke. Hold on, I gotta. I haven't played that in a while, man. You know? A lot of these Christians is ducking the smoke. I want all the smoke. What's good old Marcus Rogers been up to lately? I haven't watched a video in ages, it feels like. Um, interesting, huh? <laughs> Oh yeah, make some vinyls. Hey, that would be pretty dope. That would be pretty dope. Maybe some uh collectors items. <laughs> uh yeah, that'd be actually pretty cool. Um what's old Marky Mark been up to? I haven't heard or seen anything from him, I feel like, in a long time. I guess he hasn't said anything ridiculous in a couple months. Um Waiting on your young Don video. Tomorrow, sir, it is going down. It is going down. Um, also, someone sent me a, of a short animation video, so I may do a, a video off of that as well. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he claims he's controversial, then this says stuff everybody believes. You know, I'm very controversial. Repent of your sins. You know, trust in Christ. Oh, okay. Yeah, we all believe that, bro. Anyways, for the most part. Um, yeah. We'll see. May, may have to look at some Marcus Rogers videos. I'm sure he said something crazy in the past week. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 try to, I try to avoid. Funny enough, people think I, I, I actually avoid his stuff. But then people will send me something. And then I'm like, oh, boy. Like Young Don. I don't listen to Young Don. Unless someone sends me something. Someone sent me his live and I started listening to it. That's going to have to be like a four-part series on the Trinity. And so, um, 
that'll be interesting if I do respond to the, well, if I continue to respond, because it's so much. It's like a three-hour video. Um, it's a three-hour video, and so it's just so much to get to and respond to, and so we'll make our way through that. Tomorrow we have, let's see how many clips I have so far. We got about 11 clips, and good thing is there's some lengthy stuff in there, and so we'll, we'll make our way through that and respond but yeah we're gonna shut it down today i hope you guys enjoyed today's live hope it was educational not just entertaining but you learned something here and you are edified guys you know how we do it here to the next time all things theology let's get it grace and peace y'all grace and peace hey till the next time y'all grace and peace